Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. I just want to make sure that you are aware of the Valentine's dinner that's coming up. If you have not signed up yet and you want to be part of that, Please stop by the kiosk today and sign up. You don't have to pay today, but if you want to, that's available to you. Uh, we just need to know how many people are going to be here, so how much food that we are going to uh, provide for you guys that night. So make sure you sign up before you leave today. How many of you guys are ready for God's Word this morning? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to be looking starting at verse 15, and then we're going to look all the way down to verse 18. But then we're going to flip over to Proverbs chapter 1 as well this morning. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the topic of relationships. We're going to be looking into marriages. We're going to be looking into families. We're going to be looking and developing friend, you know, best friend relationships in our life, developing godly relationships in our life. How I many you guys know that relationships need work? I mean, they need work. They don't just, two people don't just come together in marriage and everything just is hunky-dory where there's, where there's never any work that needs to be done. There's a lot of work that goes into building a good relationship, not only in your marriage, but also through your, uh, through your family or through co-workers or even with friends. It, it takes a lot of work to build a good relationship. Amen? And so we're going to be talking about relationships over the next month. And, and one of the things I want you to understand about relationships is this, that if you look all the way back to the very beginning of creation, from the moment that God created Adam he, and, and placed Adam into the garden, God created us. He wired us to have relationships. He created us that way to have people around us. He created us that way to have relationships in our life, to have best friends, to have marriage relationships, to have those kind of things in our life. God created it. He created us that way to have those relationships. And so many times, building relationships with people can be difficult. Because we've all been there where we built a relationship with someone, with that person, and that person maybe stabbed us in the back or, or did something to our lives. And so you begin to build up this wall to where you don't want to trust or you don't want to open yourself to, up to people anymore. But understand that God created all of us to have relationships. We had a men's breakfast yesterday where we had about 13 men show up and had a phenomenal time just hanging around and, and talking and sitting and just doing life together. That's building relationships. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. That if it's, it's important for me to have people in my life that will sharpen me, that will take the dullness off of my life a little bit, to, to take away some of the, the issues in my life. Why? Because they're there to help me through that time. And so it's important to know and understand that God created us to have relationships in our life. You see, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 18, it says this. It says, The Lord took the man and he put him into the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are, to, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. 
It is not good for man to be alone, so I will make him a helper that is suitable for him. So in that statement that God made, that tells me that we are wired to have relationships. That we are wired to have relationships in our life. You see, God is looking over all his creation that he created. And his most beautiful creation that he has ever created was you and I. That is the, the most beautiful thing that he's ever created now, you, you can go and you can see, you know, mountaintops and all these beautiful scenes and sights around our world. But the most beautiful, most prized possession that he ever created was you and I. But he looks at Adam and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. That I'm going to make him a helpmate. I'm going to make him uh, have a person that's going to come alongside of him and help him to become the person that I see him to be. So God's looking over all of these things. He's just put Adam in the garden, and he notices that just something's not right. Now, God didn't forget to create this. It just wasn't time yet. So if you look at verse 20, it says, it says, But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Out of everything that God created, there was no one like Adam, and he had no suitable helper for him. There was no one for Adam to build relationships with. He had named all the animals. He had done all of the things that God had asked him to do. But there wasn't a relationship where he could have conversation with outside of God. So I had a thought, and I want to share it with you this morning. I'm not telling you it's biblical, but I just had this thought in my mind, okay? So I'm looking at creation. I'm looking at God and, and God, how God created Adam, and then he created Eve. But you got to notice that there's a gap between the time where he created Adam to when he created Eve. There was a moment, a time, in between before he created Adam and Eve. And my thought process was this. My mind went there the other day as I was preparing this message. And I think that in my mind, I think the reason why he did that was this. Was that he wanted to make sure that Adam understood the most important relationship in his life was his relationship with God. It wasn't with Eve but it was with God. So God had to make sure that everything was right, that everything was ready to go before he created Eve because he needed Adam to understand that, Adam, the most important relationship in your life is me. And so we have to make sure that all of us that are sitting in this room today, that the most important relationship in our life is our relationship with God. It's with God. Because if your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, then I'm telling you, all the other relationships in your life that come along the way will never be good. Because God created it for our relationship to be best, number one, with Him, and then it to, it to flow out to our family, and to our co-workers, and to our friends. So God had to make sure that Adam understood in that moment that the best relationship that he had was having a relationship with God. You see, God knew that Adam needed a relationship. He wasn't taken by surprise. He knew that Adam needed a relationship. And he knew that Adam needed to understand that his relationship with God was the most important thing. You see, this morning I want you to understand men and women both. If we will establish our relationship with God first and make it the most important thing that we can have, listen to me this morning, our marriages will be strong, our relationships with others will be strong, 
And not only that, but we will show wisdom in our life. If our relationship with God is number one, our marriages will be stronger, our relationships will be stronger, our churches will be stronger, our leadership will be stronger. Why? Because God is number one in our life. So under, if you are here today and you are having difficulty in your life making relationships or you're having difficulty in your marriage today, I'm not just talking about little spats and stuff that happens along the way. I'm talking about knockdown, drag out fights where you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to put up with her. I don't want to put up with him. You know what I'm talking about? If we will establish our relationship with God first, then God will take care of our marriages. He will take care of our marriages and He will take care of our relationships. So from the very beginning, God created us to have relationships with others. He placed that desire within us to have people around us through marriages, friendships, families. God created relationships. So this morning, I want to talk to you for just a few moments about developing wise. Everybody say wise. Look at your neighbor and say wise. Wise relationships. He doesn't want you just to have relationships, but he wants you to have people that are full of wisdom and discernment around you because there may be a time where you're not full of wisdom, nor are you full of discernment, and you need those people in your life. So God understood that, and so he realized that we need that help. So we need wise relationships. How do we develop good, godly relationships? What do we need to do to have that type of relationship in our life? The book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom, written by a man named Solomon, who God called the wisest in the world. God looked at, what, with, at Solomon and said he was the wisest person in the world. You see, when, when Solomon became king, the first thing that he asked for, the very first thing out of the gate of being a king that he asked for was wisdom. And in that moment, God tagged him as the wisest person on earth. Why did he ask for wisdom? Why did he ask for wisdom and not riches or, or friendships or, or all the... Why did he ask for wisdom? And here's the reason why he asked for wisdom. I wrote it down. Because he was about to lead a group of people that, that, that needed wisdom, that needed discernment. And so if he didn't have it, he can't give it to those people. So he needed wisdom and discernment in his life to lead these people. But then on the other side of it was this. Being a leader, being in a position in your life, you have to understand how important it is for God that God has placed you in that position for this. To be careful not to let people in your life that will destroy you. That will destroy you. You see, Solomon asked for wisdom not just to lead his people, but to make sure that I'm allowing the right people in my life because if they come in and destroy me, then they're going to destroy the work that God has for me. So we have to understand why it's important to have people that's full of wisdom in our life. Being in a leadership position, knowing that, is that not everybody, listen to me this morning, not everyone always has the best interest for you in their mind. 
There will be people that will come into your life that's led by the enemy to destroy you and to destroy your ability and to destroy the God-given leadership ability that God has placed in your life. So not everyone that comes into your path needs to be in your life. Because it's, it's showing wisdom because you want the wisest people around you that will help you and to encourage you to be the best leader that you can ever be in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't witness to, to lost people. It doesn't, it doesn't mean we're still called to witness to lost people. But we're also called to make sure that we protect ourselves and we protect our families from those people who don't have our best interests in mind who wants to come in and destroy us. And they are out there. And they also go to church. So don't look at your neighbor right now because it's not a good time. He's talking to you. So you have to understand that God created us to have relationships, but to be smart about who we let into our life is also our family. So this morning, I want to share just a few things with you that I feel like God spoke to me over this scripture this morning. You see, Proverbs chapter 1 starts out talking about purpose. It starts out talking about wisdom in this book. So Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 says this. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction. Right out of the gate, boom. God says, all right, Proverbs chapter 1 is for you to gain wisdom and for you to gain instruction in your life. Boo said it yesterday. Our our men's guest speaker said that every single day we need to read a Proverbs or a chapter in Proverbs. Why? Because it's full of wisdom. It's full of instruction. It's full of good things that that you need to put into your life that will help you along this journey that God's called you to walk on. So he says, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. Verse 3, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior and and doing the right, doing what is right and, and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple and knowledge and discretion to the young. So let the wise listen and add to their learning. And to the discerning, excuse me, get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And then he says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So God has called us to look for people who are wiser than we are so that we can take the wisdom that they have and apply it to our life. That's what he's called us to do. We need wisdom. We need discernment. We need those things in order to get through our day, day-to-day routines in our life. Because we are going to encounter someone in our life that's going to get on our nerves, that's going to drive us crazy, and we're not going to want to show wisdom to them. We're going to show them one of these. But if God is in our life, we will show wisdom where wisdom needs to be shown to people and where they are in their life. So it's full of wisdom. It's full of statements and little nuggets that, that speaks about wisdom that helps us along the, this way to make wise decisions. How many of you guys want to make wise decisions this morning? Three of us. Good deal. All right. The book starts out talking about wisdom. It talks about how important it is to gain wisdom. How important it is for, that wisdom helps us in taking advice from others. It helps us to tell the difference between what is right and what is wrong. It helps us to tell the difference between what is a truth and what is a lie. It teaches us on how we should act, how we should behave. Come on, somebody. Some of our kids need to be in here today. I'm just kidding. Just joking. 
It teaches us how we should act and how we should behave. It helps us when we're young, but it also helps us when we're older. That wisdom grows as we get older. Things that we use that we used to do, we don't do anymore. Why? Because we're wiser. We're different. We don't do the things that we used to do anymore. Why? Because we are different. You see, a wise person, listen to it, a wise person is always learning. You never get to a point in your life where you know it all. You, you never get to the point where you know it all in your life. You are always learning. You can always learn something from someone if you choose to learn from that person. A wise person is constantly learning in their life. You see, the sign of a wise person is someone who is willing to listen. Ooh, it's got quiet there. All this. I don't know, Pastor. I don't want to listen to so-and-so. I, a wise person will listen. Wisdom allows us to share, uh, to solve difficult problems in our life. It causes us to look at the problem and to see how we can fix that problem or to get advice from someone whom we trust. One of the most important factors in gaining wisdom and knowledge is this, is having a fear of the Lord. And I'm not talking about being afraid of God, but I'm talking about having a respect for the Holy Spirit having a respect for God, having a respect for the things that God has called us to do, for, for having a, a reverence for God, to honor God. That's, that's having a fear of the Lord, which shows wisdom. And so God's called us to have those wisdoms in our, in our life. The right relationship with God is the key to wisdom. So how important is it to develop godly, healthy relationships? How do we pursue godly, healthy, wise relationships I'm glad you asked because I want to give you three things this morning. Three qualities of having a good, godly, healthy relationship. Number one, look for someone who is committed to wise living. Look for someone who is committed to wise living. Look at their life. Watch what they do. Listen to what they say. Watch how they treat people in their life. If they are not doing the things that God has called them to do, they may not be, a, they may not be saved. I'm, I'm speaking of someone that's saved. If they're not doing those things around you, you need to be careful about allowing them in your life. Look for someone who is committed to wise living. Proverbs chapter 13, verses 20 says it best. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes what? Wise. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Those that walk with the wise become wise. Those that hang out, I don't like to use the word, but the Bible says it, that act foolish will destroy you. So God says from the very beginning of this thing, look for people who are committed to live wise. Look for people who are committed to their relationship with Jesus and living the way that God has called them to live. You see, hanging out with people who are pursuing the same type of relationships in life makes us better, but it also makes us wiser. It makes us better in our life, and it also makes us wiser. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 33. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 
Now, I know I'm not telling you something that you don't already know, and you're probably thinking, well, pastor, I don't, I don't want to have friends in my life. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, you're missing out. But be careful of who you let in your life because bad character will corrupt you. It will corrupt you. It will sneak into your life. You may not see it, but other people around you will see it. They will see it destroy you. They will see how it corrupts you in their life. So you need to be careful of who you allow into your life. Because they, if it's not good character, if it's not good morals, they will corrupt your life. That's not my word. That's His word. That's God's word. Be careful of who you let in your life because it will destroy you. You see, we can't choose just to associate and hang out with just all these people. We need to make sure that we have wise relationships in our life. We hear how they speak. We watch and we see how they run their businesses. We see how they treat their spouses. We see how um, when they hang around with these people that it just makes us better people. How we do our business, how we do these certain things is important for us to see and understand that if there's people that are doing shady things that doesn't need to be done, you need to be careful about hanging out with them because that shadiness may work over and start shading your life. So be careful that we don't just let anybody in our life. If we, if we want to be wise, then we need to look for people who are committed to living wisely. I haven't always hung out with people of good character. And I know, that this, I know you can't believe it. I, know, I understand. Pastor, I, you're, I know you were just, you've been good ever since you were little. I have not. I'm just telling you. I was a knucklehead. I haven't always hung out with people of good character. And I remember a time in my life, and I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but here we go. I was either between the ages of 10 and 12, and, and there were some knucklehead boys in my neighborhood, and we decided to go one day and go ride bicycles. Well, we ended up at somebody's house that had this really neat old barn behind their house. So like any normal red-blooded boy would do, what do they do? They go discover to see what's inside the building. And so we walk inside, and there's just bottle, empty glass bottles everywhere. And then there's a bunch of those... Uh, fluorescent bulbs like you know that kind of looks like a lightsaber and I can tell you for a 12 year old boy that is like winning the lottery because we I mean we destroyed those bottles just smashing them against the walls and 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 I'm telling you I wasn't living wise at the time I know I was 12 but I wasn't living wise at the time we destroyed all the fluorescent bulbs and so we were just having a, a good old time and then all of a sudden the owner of the building comes walking out and we see him, so what do you think we did? We took off. One guy went this way, the other guy went that way, and I made the circle around my neighborhood hoping that he wouldn't find me. I was like, oh, dude, I'm Scott Free. Nobody's going to know. Well, guess who just happens to be pulling out of my neighborhood or my driveway at the time this guy drives by? My sister. God love her. I still don't like her today because she told on me. So I dove behind our, at the time my aunt and uncle lived across the street, so I dove behind their, their AC unit hiding, hoping that this guy's not going to find me. Well, guess what? I got found out, and I got in a lot of trouble. I don't even think I could sit down for a week. I don't know. 
But I'm just telling you, during that time, I did not show good character. I did not show good, wise decisions in my life. But here's what I've learned. That over the years, as I've gotten out of high school and out of college, that the time that I am right now, I'm a lot wiser than I was then. And here's the reason why. Because of the people that I put into my life as I got older. I surrounded myself with good people. I surrounded myself with godly people that helped me to become a better person. It helped me to become a better Christian. I had a lot of questions. I was raised in church, but I wasn't serving the Lord as I got older. I wasn't. I knew if I were to die at that moment, I would not be in heaven at that time. I knew that. So I surrounded myself with good, godly individuals that helped me grow up, that helped me to understand some things in my life that I didn't understand at the time. And so I became wiser because of the people that I allowed into my life. It's all because of the people that we hang out with makes us wiser. It, it, it only helps us. But if we, if we hang out with knuckleheads and, and people that do shady business and all those kind of things, be careful because I'm telling you, bad company corrupts good morals. You see, it doesn't matter if you're 12 or if you're 62. It doesn't matter. When we hang out with good people, it will make us better people. If we hang out with bad people, it will corrupt our good morals in our life. So we have to ask ourselves, are we, who are we hanging out with? What type of people are we allowing in our life? Is it those people that just are squeezing the life out of you? You know what I'm saying? You know who those people are. You, you, you think they're like, they're good for you, but man, they're just squeezing the life out of you. Or are the people that you've allowed into your life, are they just encouraging you and, and helping you and, and just want you to know, hey, I'm praying for you, all those kind of things, because it's important that we put those people in our life because it only makes us better. So look for people who, have, who are living wisely. Number two is this. Look for those who have unwavering trust. Look for those who have unwavering trust. Those who have unwavering trust are those people who will always be honest with you. If you find somebody that has unwavering trust towards you, they will always be honest with you. Why? Because they want you to be better. One of the hardest things for us to do is to speak to someone or to share something from our lives to that person who may be going through a difficult time. Because we're afraid that we may hurt their feelings. But if God has called you to tell that person, then you need to make sure to tell that person because it's only for their good. Now, if they get their feelings hurt or if they get upset with you, you tell them, I'm sorry, I'm just telling you what God told me. Let them take it up with God. But we are called to tell people when they are not always doing the right thing. I'm not talking about judging them. I'm talking about if somebody's ha something is going on in their life and you see it and you know that they're going down the wrong road, God has called you to do it with love and, and, and tell them what's going on in their life. Look for those who have unwavering trust. If we can find someone who has unwavering trust, they will be strong for you. Listen, they will be strong for you even when you're not strong yourself. They will be there for you when whatever season you go through. Why? Because they care about you. 
They're not there to get anything from you. They care about you. So if they change who they are due due to what circumstances you're going through, they may not be the person that you think they are. But if we can look for those people, and they are out there, please understand, they are those people that are out there who only wants the best for you. And it's not your wife or your husband all the time. It's having other relationships in your life. So it's very important that we find someone whom we trust so that we can share some things with that person. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 5 says this. It says, The godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath the load of their sin. Honesty is the backbone to trust. If you can't be honest with me, then it's going to be hard for me to trust you. Because I will always feel like you're trying to hide something from me. So it's going to be hard for me to trust you. Well, pastor, I don't know if I can always be honest about everything. You better. Because that's what God's called us to be. He hasn't called you to be a liar. He's called you to be honest. And sometimes being honest, it hurts. But it's the best thing for us. If we can find somebody who will be honest to us and honest for us, then we can ha- we can, they can gain our trust. You see, when our kids were growing up, we always told them this, that you will always have my trust until the time that you break it. Ever since they were little, we always told them, hey, you will have my trust until you break it. Until you can't be honest with me. Until you can't sit down and tell me what's going on in your life. Is, and, and, you're, and you do some shady things behind my back. And all that, I'm not, Listen, I'm not saying that they were perfect. I'm just saying that's what we told them. If you will be honest with me, then I will trust you. But the moment that you can't be honest with me, that's when you start breaking my trust. That's when you start breaking my trust. Can I tell you this morning, I was not always honest to this man and woman that's sitting up here called my parents. I wasn't always honest to them. But I've learned along the way that if I can just be honest with people, they will respect me more than me just filling their life full of a bunch of baloney. Look for people who have unwavering trust. Because they will always be there for you even when you are going through a difficult time. They will always be there for you. Can I tell you this morning, and I've probably said this a number of times, I know that my wife, who is a phenomenal individual, I love her with all of my heart. She's just, she's the best. I know that she loves me. I don't have to ask her. I know that she loves me. But can I tell you this morning, when we were first young in our marriage, there were times where she was honest with me about some areas in my life that I needed to change, and I did not like it. I didn't like it. Because what I thought in my mind was that, hey, you're coming against me. How dare you? I thought I trusted you. I thought I loved you. Why, are you. why are you speaking those things over my life? You know why? Because she loved me. And she wants the best for me. So I can tell you now, versus 25 years ago, 
that there are times where she says something to me that still kind of upsets me a little bit. But I'm a lot better than I used to be. Why? Because I've allowed them to speak things into my life that's only going to help me. My kids don't hate me. My, they don't, my wife doesn't hate me. She loves me. My kids love me. So when they come to me and say, hey, Dad, you really stunk it up Sunday morning on your sermon. Thank you, first of all. But I need to go, maybe they're right. What do I need to change? What do I need to do different? Why? Because I trust them. They're not telling me that to, to, to wound me. They're telling me that because they love me. So find someone who has unwavering trust in your life and build a relationship with that person because they will be there for you no matter what. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 5 and 6 says this. King Solomon says, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from the enemy. A wound from a best friend is better than the enemy kissing me on my cheek. And sometimes when people are honest with you, and sometimes people tell you the truth, it's not always fun to hear, but it's good for your soul. And if you can listen to it, and if you can apply it to your life, listen to me this morning, you are showing that you're growing in wisdom. You're growing in wisdom. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 13 says this. It says, A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 28, it says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip celebrate or separates the best of friends. If you have a friend that likes to gossip in front of you about someone else, they are probably gossiping about you behind your back to someone else. Oh, wait a minute. We don't gossip in church. We share. That makes it sound better, right? Well, Jesus, he just told me to share it with you. I don't know. You can just tell him. Gossip sounds worse, but I'm just going to share something with you. Be careful. Be careful at who you hang out with. Because if they will gossip about you or about someone else, I can promise you they'll gossip about you. And gossip destroys friendships. It destroys it. It destroys that trust. Why? Because I told you something important. And how dare you tell someone else? Well, I just had to share it with somebody. No, you didn't. You know what a, a sign of a person that's wise is that you learn to keep your mouth shut. You learn to keep it shut. That's wisdom. Because how many times have I opened my mouth and stuck my foot in my mouth? A lot. But there are times where people have shared something with me and told something to me and I'm just like, man, I want to go tell somebody. But I can't because they asked me not to. They asked me not to. The last thing is this. 
Look for someone who is loyal. Look for someone who is loyal. People who are loyal will always be there for you no matter what season of life that you're in, good or bad. They won't bail on you when things in your life are difficult. They won't bail on you when, life, when things in your life are terrible. But they will always be loyal to you. You see, I've had people in my life that I thought were friends that I had a good relationship with that bailed on me because of a misunderstanding. I'm st- and I'm, st- I'm standing like, I don't even know what happened. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Just completely shut me off. Find someone who will stick with you through the good times as well as the bad times. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 24 says this, There are friends who destroy each other, but real friends stick closer than a brother. Proverbs 25, verses 19, a lot of wisdom from Solomon here. He says, putting confidence in an unreliable person in the times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. I've done both, and they're uncomfortable. So be careful who you allow in your life. If they are unreliable, if you cannot trust them, be careful because they will bring harm to your life. They will bring harm to your life. Solomon's like, be careful who you hang out with because pain will enter into your life. So look for people who want to live wisely. Look for people who have unwavering trust and look for people who are loyal. We had a dog one time in our life, but she's no longer with us. She's going on to where dogs go. If they go to heaven, great. I don't know. I don't know. But we also have a cat. And I know where she's going to go when she dies. (laughs) Just kidding. But you know what I loved about the dog, which I had a little, I had some issues later on when she got older. I was terrible. I'm sorry. I was, I didn't always treat her right. God help me. But it didn't matter how terrible my day was. Guess who was waiting for me when I got home? The cat, not so much. She's laying on the couch, doing milk, sleeping. She don't care that I'm home. But when we came home, she would, boom, she's there wagging her tail. It didn't matter what kind of day you had. She's still the same. And that's the way we need people in our life. No matter what kind of days we had, we need them not to change, but to be there for us when we go through difficult times. Difficulty, difficult times. I want to share something, and I'm going to be quick about this, but I want to share something that as I was preparing this message, a, a story of, a, of two young men in the Old Testament stuck out to me. And it was a guy named David and a guy named Jonathan. David and Jonathan, had a, they had an unwavering relationship. They were best buds. They hung out all the time. They were just like, boom, just like, they were like peanut butter and jelly. You didn't see one without the other. They were always together. In Psalms chapter 18, verses 1 through 5, it says this. And it says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. In that moment, these buds, these best friends were connected in, the, in their soul. 
From that moment, you could not rip them apart. They were connected to one another. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. And then Jonathan, listen, then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan loved David more than he loved his own self. That's a true friend. When you find somebody that loves you more than they love themselves, hang on to them. Don't let them get away. And then it says in verse 4, And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him, and then he gave it to David, as well as his armor and even his sword with his bow and his belt. In other words, Jonathan stripped himself of everything and gave it to David. Why? Because David, man, I love you more than I love myself. Because I know that one day that you're going to be a king. I know that my father, Dave, or my father Saul is a king, and I'm in next in line to be, be a king, but I know that you're going to be the next king. So I want to give you the things that you're going to need one day to be a king. He stripped himself of everything and gave it to, da- gave it to David that day. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul, uh, and so that Saul sent him over uh, or put him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of the people and also in the sight of the Saul's servant. They saw how Jonathan was, was, was treating David. They saw the love that he had for him. And we know the story that Saul later became jealous of David and all that stuff. We know that. But listen, two different young men... David was a shepherd. Jonathan was a prince. Jonathan had his armor. David only had a harp and a sling. Jonathan grew up in a palace and was trained uh, in the art of war. David grew up in the little town of Bethlehem and he was trained to tend sheep. Jonathan was his oldest son in line to inherit the throne. David was the youngest of eight boys and anointed to be the next king over Jonathan. Jonathan was from the tribe of Benjamin. David was from the tribe of Judah. Despite their differences, they were arguably the best friends that the world had ever seen. Completely different individuals, but they were the best friends anybody had ever seen. That's the type of relationships that God wants for us. And wants you to be that same person to someone else. That's what God is calling us to be is that we love God first and foremost, but we love others more than we love ourselves. And then it says in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 16, it says, And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh, and this is what he said, and helped him find strength in God. He went to where David was because David was on the run for his life. He went to where David was to help him find strength in his dark time. That's what God is calling the church to be. And that's the type of people that God wants in your life. My best friend is out there in a a cave somewhere fighting for his life, you know what? I'm going to go find him and I'm going to help him find strength in God. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to be there for him. I don't care what my father says. This is my buddy. This is my pal. God has connected us together. We're in it to the very end. 
And then it says the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained in Horesh. How do you develop good, godly, wise relationships in your life? Look for people who, want, who are looking for wisdom and, and discernment in their life. Find somebody who has unwavering trust and find somebody that's loyal. Find somebody that's loyal. Relationships. They're hard to do sometimes, but they are very important to the, to the success of what God has called you to be successful at. I want you to stand with me this morning as we get ready to close. Jonathan looks at David in verse 17 and he says these words. He says, hey David, don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you and you will be king over Israel. And then he says these words, and I will be second to you. I will be second to you. Good, godly relationships. So my question to us this morning is this. Who are you walking with? Who are you walking with? If you walk with people of wisdom, you will be wise. If you walk with people who are, are fools and act foolish, it will corrupt you. So who are we walking with in our life? I want you to bow your heads just for a moment. God created us to have relationships. And there may be somebody here this morning that you're just like, well, Pastor, I've, had, I've tried and tried and tried and tried and, and I've, I've allowed these people and they just, they were not good people. They hurt me and all that. And I understand, listen, I've been there just like that myself. I've had those situations in my life. But God never created you to do life by yourself. Whether you're married or you're single, find somebody that will do life with you. Find somebody that you can trust. Find somebody that's loyal to you, like David was to, or excuse me, like Jonathan was to David. Where he stripped himself of everything that he was and he gave it to, to David. Those are the people God wants us to be and to have in our life. Who are we walking with? Father, today I thank you for every person that's in this room today. God, there may be some in this room today that have, that have had broken relationships in their life. That have the very people that they trust more than anything else bail on them in difficult times in their life. And they were just standing there going, what, what did I do? What happened? God, even though that may happen in our life, God, you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Because you're better than a best friend. You will stick close to us when we're in good times and when we're in bad times. So for those today that may not have that personal relationship with Jesus, who may not have that relationship with God that I'm talking about this morning, like I mentioned earlier, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just have to ask you this morning, if that's you, if you say, Pastor, I'm not really sure, I really don't know. I don't know. 
with no one looking around, will you just slip your hand up? I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. See, that's me, Pastor. I'm just not sure. Walk with the wise and you will be wise. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for every person that's here this morning that has listened to me. God, I know that you have spoken your word in this building today. And Father, I I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that God, that they will not just hear with their ears, but they will apply it to their life. Because God, you're looking for people that will show wisdom and love and discernment and speak truth in love and be loyal to people because that's what you were to us and that's what you still are to us. God, there's moments where we don't want to hear it. You speak to us, but God, it's only for the best. And I pray that's how we will live our life. That we would stop getting so defensive with people who love us. That we will stop getting so offensive to people who love us That because we know that they have our best interests in mind, they love us, they care about us. And sometimes that truth rubs us the wrong way. But when you do it out of love, people will receive it a little bit more. So God, I pray that for those in this room today that have defensive spirits, and they know who they are, but God, you begin to work on that area of their life to be able to receive wisdom from someone else, to be able to receive truth from someone else, God, not because they dislike them, but because they love them, because it's only for our best in our life. So, God, we love you today, and we thank you, and we praise your holy name. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.